Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network. Brought to you by Breeden RV Center. Breeden RV Center. Family owned and operated. A no pressure laid back atmosphere and always home of the free maintenance for life. This podcast is powered by the pros at Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas owned. Arkansas operated. GoPascal.com. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. I'm always high on the hogs, guys. I'm high. Well, I'm not high right now, but my day is young. My odometer's way up there. I'm that 2018 that's already got 130,000 miles on it. The Razorbacks rush across the field to get that boot. Tommy, Chuck, and Ty, you guys are the gold standards of sports talk radio. He bleeds to Arkansas. Laterals it back, a Missouri player picks it up, he's down at the 15 and the ball game's over. There's a flag down, but I don't think that's going to factor into the... He has a forward lateral. He has a forward lateral, game's over. Illegal forward pass, offense number seven, the penalty has declined, the game is over. So Missouri's won the battle line rivalry. Hey, good to be with you here on a Hot Take Monday edition of the Morning Rush. You know, I was talking to my dad after the game, and he told me to don't let it ruin the entire weekend. Now, it was a great weekend full of Thanksgiving, full of family. And I'm going to be honest, the Missouri game once again ruined my weekend. And for some of you, you feel the exact same way. Tommy, did a loss ruin your weekend? No. Ruin mine. A, a football game just ruined your weekend? Yep. Guess you don't take Arkansas sports seriously enough, man. No, I just love my family. I love my children. I love the few days I have away. I'm not going to let something like that ruin my weekend. I mean, was I disappointed? Did I think we should? Did I think Arkansas didn't play up to the potential? Sure, but uh, you know, I'm not going to let my my weekend with my wife and kids get uh, derailed over a, over something I have no control over. Oh, football! I have way zero, more, zero control over. Football is way more important than family. You know that. The fact that you're 20 <laughs> years older than me and you hadn't figured that out yet—it's a little embarrassing, to be honest. Yeah, I hear you. But it's hot take Monday here on the Morning Rush, brought to you by Wheels RV, five miles west of Exit 72, off of I-49 in Springdale. The best brands, the best prices, and always a lifetime warranty on every new RV they sell. At Wheels RV. Again, five miles west of exit 72 off of I 49 in Springdale. Seek, explore, and discover with Wheels RV. You know, this is just another example of a, of an outing where you, you know, I don't know if this is a game you can't lose. It's a game you really needed to win for, for a lot of reasons. Um, but you just feel like, I don't. I don't know if they laid a full dozen eggs, but boy, sure felt like they had three eggs over easy out there on Saturday. Three, on Friday, rather. Three eggs, yeah. They were a little yeah, slow, lethargic. I know Sam Pittman talked about they got um, beat at the line of scrimmage. Some audio we'll get into from him later on. Missouri should just not out-physical you. They shouldn't. And if you're going to hold the tough, blue-collar, 
type of team that you pride yourself of being. You can't do what you did on Saturday, especially after the show and you just put forth against Ole Miss. That's what's so peculiar to me, that you've shown this season that you can dominate the line of scrimmage and that you've also showed this season, as you did on Friday, that you can get blown up repeatedly over and over. Missouri should have had 13 or 14 sacks in that game. If not for K.J. Jefferson's athleticism and just his uncanny ability to get out of arm tackles and sacks, they would have had double digits in that game. The most Arkansas gave up all season. And I know Missouri has a decent defensive line, but still, guys, I mean, this is supposed to be the offensive line group that is up for the Joe Moore Award. They have not played like Forget that the back half of the season. Yeah. Forget that. They got killed on the left side. Luke Jones and it, you know, player two, and you notice Tykees Crawford. Um, that left side really gave up a lot of pressure, really disrupted a lot of plays from where uh, Missouri brought that pressure. And now you're exactly right. If it wasn't for the feet, and it's not that he's overly quick, but he's just so big and hard to bring down. If it wasn't for KJ escaping and eluding what should have been a sure sack. You're exactly right. Those sack totals could have been a whole lot worse. Those tackles for loss could have been a whole lot worse. And really, that was the game in a in a nutshell. I, I thought the defense played better in the second half. Um, but they, golly, how many times did Brady Cook just sit back there? It was almost like it was a called draw, you know, quarterback keep draw type play where, you know, they let Arkansas get off the line, come back there, and then he just run right past everybody. Got the middle of the field, catch an outside angle, and boom to the boundary, and you know another explosive, fifteen, twenty, twenty-five yard play. I mean, it just time and time again. What? what I mean, Cook was their leading rusher, um, wasn't he? No, he wasn't. He wasn't their leading rusher, but but man, no, he was. Uh, eighteen carries, one hundred and thirty-eight yards as the quarterback. As the quarterback, I mean, not as the, the quarterback, running back, leading rusher, not wide receiver on jet sweeps, the quarterback. The quarterback, and all the of those staff. were the, exactly what I just described. Right up the middle. He didn't go around the end on you. Went right through the A-gap, more or less, every time. 18 carries. Schrader, their, their running back, had 18 carries as well. He got 87 yards. Which is fine. So, I mean, you can live with you that. Know, that. It's quarterback. Quarterback, and a lot of times you'll get beat by the opposing quarterback, but that's exactly what happened on Saturday. Is Cook beat you, not with his arm. I mean, he had 242 yards. That's okay i mean one touchdown that's that shouldn't beat you he beat you with his legs and kept extending drive extending plays uh, extending series by just i don't want to say escaping the pocket because that's not what has happened he was gone and one mississippi two mississippi boom he was gone and had all day to run he had a fourth of his rushing yards of all the entire season against you on friday a fourth 25 percent of his rushing yards all year came against you on Friday. That's unacceptable. You can't allow that. Why do we always make Missouri quarterbacks look like Heisman Trophy candidates? Brady Cook was they on fire on Friday. This is this is embarrassing. You have no business being now, what, 2-8 and eight against Missouri? That is a joke. Your only two wins have cut at home, 2015 and 2021. You have not won in Columbia yet. And this isn't just a, this isn't just a Pittman thing. This was a Bielema thing. This was a Morris thing. You can't do that. You can't keep losing to a program that does not put in the same type of stuff that you do for football, for basketball, for baseball. It's a joke. It's embarrassing. And you should be ticked off this morning. You should. 
That was a joke, what you saw on Friday. Unbelievable. So what what the, the Hogs do wrong? I mean, when you look at it, what did they do wrong? Let's take your calls and get your text on this 877-377-6963. Chuck's going to join us in about 20 minutes. We're brought to you this morning by World of Wireless. 877-305-DISH is their number. You can lock in your price for three years when you call WOW now. Uh, that, that, that doesn't mean you're locked in to a contract for three years, but your price is locked in for three years. It's the standard two-year agreement. You get the hopper system, all the gear, all the equipment, all of that stuff installed before this weekend, but they're going to guarantee your price won't go up for three years. World of Wireless, 877-305-DISH. Let's talk to Jared in Russellville. Jared, go ahead, man. You're on the morning rush. Hey, good morning, guys. The, the thing that frustrates me the most is I, I, I texted our group message with my, one of my buddies on, on Friday and said, <clears throat> this game is equivalent to the whole season is inconsistency. And it, and it kind of came out of what, what worked against LSU was they, they would blitz and they wouldn't have any gap assignments. And a savvy quarterback like Cook on Saturday, on Friday, pardon me, he, 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 saw, he saw what we were trying to do, leaving the middle of the field wide open, and he would take the same whatever gap we wouldn't fill and just, and just crease it. And, and it drove me crazy. It was, it was like that the entire season inconsistency on one side of the ball. We never put a real true game plan together other than the first three quarters of Ole Miss the entire season. And that, and that shows that, and that goes back on the coaches. And, and I'm with you, Ty. Every other program on the Hill is a top 15 program in the nation, and we can't do it in football, and it's unacceptable. I'll hang up and listen. Thank you, guys. Jared, and you bring up a really important part of this whole conversation. This season stings more because you feel like you're going to be in the final four, whether that happens or not, you feel like you're going to be the final four and you feel like you're going to be in Omaha this year. The three most important sports, one let you down this season, and it's not close. Basketball is back, and Bet Online is your number one source. You'll find the latest odds, matchup info, player news, and game trends. And as your continued source for all sports wagering info, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, live scores, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and events like MLB. MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BELIEVE to receive your rewards. That's B-L-E-A-V. Bet online, where the game starts. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. Morning, Chuck. Hey, guys. How's it going? And Everybody it's, happy? <laughs> it's a loaded question, right? Everybody's happy, yeah. Loaded question. Well, Tommy, you know what? He, he's a better man than myself. He actually enjoyed his weekend full of family and, and seeing things. My weekend was ruined when Arkansas lost on Friday, just to be frankly honest. Now, my dad gave me some good advice. Don't let the Hogs losing ruin your weekend. Like when the Baylor Bears lost, he used to ruin his. But I guess I'm just not mature enough to handle that yet because I've been ticked off since Friday, to be honest. It was a frustrating loss. I mean, maybe the most frustrating of the year. Uh, you know, I, I I wouldn't argue with anybody that said that. It was, uh, you know, for whatever reason, they've just not been able to beat Missouri, and um, it's just a. Um, I mean, it was a it, it was a difficult day. It was a frustrating day, and I know people are frustrated this morning. I understand that. And I, Chuck, I wonder. It's it's not just a 
Pittman thing. I mean, this happened under Bielma. We know it happened under Morris. I don't know what else needs to be said before going to Columbia for them to show up because it's not just one coaching staff. You've seen some coaching staffs on different teams not handle certain opponents. But whatever, I, I, I can't figure it out for the life of me. And you said last week we don't take this game seriously. We didn't take it seriously again on Friday. Well, I'm not going to go so far as to say they didn't take it seriously. I think Missouri played a better game. I mean, if I had the answer, I, I would, I would, I would certainly throw it out there. And uh, I don't know the answer, but I know that it's been a difficult place for, it's been an impossible place for Arkansas to go win. So, yeah. um, but, but, but I, I don't know what the answer is. Well, in the in the game Saturday, I don't know about the the the, the long term why why you can't get over the hump and. And Columbia, particularly since they joined the league, but I mean, I know it dates back to a meeting of, uh, over a century ago. But um, first down, that was the difference in the ball game. Missouri, Missouri, and Brady Cook, Chuck. It was pretty obvious was much better on first down than Arkansas was with their offense. Well, Brady Cook played a good game. I mean, Brady Cook's well, a good did. player, and um, you know he's not a guy that's real flashy. You know, you watch him and you think that, you know, gosh, he, he's not a good passer, you know, by comparison. Um, he's not terribly fast by comparison. Uh, but he always seems to be, you know, uh, whereas another guy, you know, a, a faster quarterback might have escaped the pressure and, um, you know, more quickly than he does, he still finds a way to, you know, run the football well. and He sees the field well. And he played a good game. I mean, all you can do is say he played a good game. Yeah. Go yeah, it, yeah, it, go ahead. yeah, I was just saying, it, it, it certainly uh, was, was an occasion where it seemed like he'd drop back, the pressure would come, and he'd just elude it and run right by it and go right up the middle and escape out on an angle to, towards the sideline. And, you know, next thing you know, he had 15 or 20 yards and, and a first down. And he just seemed to do that repeatedly for a while in that ball game. And I thought the halftime adjustments for Barry Odom and the defense were good because played obviously played much better in the second half defensively. Well, they gave up, what, uh, nine points in the nine, second half? Yeah. 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 I mean, they were, uh, you know, I, games, you know, you watch a game and you're hanging on every play, and so sometimes you don't, um, you know, you don't always see the big picture until it's over. But I got to be honest, uh, you know, watching that game in the second half, it's, I mean, nobody was scoring. You know, nobody was uh, putting points on the board. It's 21-20 at halftime. It ends 29-27. So, I'd say both sides did a pretty good job at halftime of making some adjustments defensively. Got Fair some point. Got some more reaction to get to this morning. Again, our number 877-377-6963. Let's talk to Jim, who's in Hot Springs. Jim, go ahead, man. You're on the morning rush. Hey there. How y'all doing? Uh, I think that uh, yeah, I've been a Razorback fan for, gosh, my whole life, and you know, I think there's something that we're kind of missing here um, with this season, and it all goes back to, and it's something that Sam Pittman has said before, the line of scrimmage is really where Arkansas is deficient this year. Um, and I say that, you know, the offensive line was heralded. I don't think it's a great offensive line. I think it's an average offensive line. Uh, I've watched film on them. They don't move laterally well. Uh, Rocket Sanders is a very good back. Uh, if you watch Rocket, he's very patient when he runs. Uh, and so a lot of his runs, he's had to wait and wait. And then he'll hit the, he'll hit the same. Um, I just think that we're not as good up front. And that when you're not good up front, 
it makes calling plays in the red zone that much more difficult. Now, I don't think that Kendall Browse did a very good job in some in some spots, but you know, you can't run it at somebody at the goal line when they're crashing down. You know, maybe run outside. Um, but, you know, certainly have Rocket on the field. He had an 18-yard run on that series, and then he didn't touch it again. So, you know, and he had a 34-yard run to call back in the first half on a questionable hole call, really. So the offensive line is my big, my biggest disappointment. I mean, they, let's just face it. They, they have not been good. They hadn't protected K.J. well. Um, I'm just really, really disappointed. And if I want to go back and look at performance of coaches, I'm looking at the offensive line. Seems like ever since the article came out, they were a top offensive line in the country. Well, they hadn't performed like it. They performed like a bottom half of the SEC line. Uh, and then defensively, the defensive line, I mean, obviously, I mean, you got to have people that dominate. You got to have guys like John Ridgeway. They didn't have anybody like that this year. It makes everything difficult. I mean, it seems like we were a little bit late, you know, changing our scheme against Missouri. We got back in the game. And then, you know, our offense just struggle. But to me, it's at the line of scrimmage, guys. That's where it is. And maybe that's why Sam Pittman got rid of the strength and conditioning guy. I don't know. But it seems like to me that that's where we're lacking up front. That's all I got. Jim, appreciate the call this morning. What doesn't make any sense to me is a week ago you, you pummeled Ole Miss. You pummeled them. And I know you could say, well, Ty, Ole Miss doesn't have the same defensive line that was Missouri does. But, guys, those games were night and day. I brought it up in the first segment – KJ should have been sacked 12 or 13 times in that game. I mean, he was in duress all day, especially on the left side. You're lucky you got an athletic quarterback because otherwise it would have been double-digit sacks and there wouldn't have been a chance, a chance you had a chance in that football game. Luckily, you have a guy that made some plays when it counted. Well, every every coach out there, I mean, we're talking about the Missouri quarterback a minute ago and his escapability. I mean, you know, every uh, everybody out there understands that, you know, the other guys are going to be pretty good at chasing the quarterback. I mean, we were good at chasing the quarterback. You know, we were good at it. And um, we've got big sack numbers. Lots of teams do. That's why everybody wants a mobile quarterback now, because uh, you got to be able to escape. you got to be able to get away. So, you know, you can always say if you didn't have a mobile quarterback, you'd be sacked 10 or 12 times. That's, that's, that's always going to be true. See, I think the difference, I agree with what you're saying, but I think you got to go a step further. It's because of the strength of your mobile quarterback because it's not his feet that are getting him out of these no, uh, right. out of these situations. It's how strong he is, and he sheds the tackler in the pocket. He's not just sidestepping and dancing around him, Chuck. He's just outpowering him. He's, over, he's, he's outmatching him with his strength. No, you're right, and, and – um... You know that's that's one of the things that makes KJ different than some of them. Yeah. It's, it's not just his foot speed; it's the fact that a lot of times they just fall off of him. Yeah, because I mean he he's he's okay speed wise, but that's that's not what makes him dangerous. It's the it's the two hundred and forty some odd pounds with the speed he has that makes him dangerous. Those guys get in the pocket; he's just too much to bring down. That's that's how I see him getting out of most of these these uh, situations. Look, I, I mean, there's some. There's some changes coming, and I think yep. that, you know, we can talk about the game until we're blue in the face, but, um, you know, you move forward, and there are changes coming, and we saw some of them over the weekend. Today is going to be a big day, not just for the Razorbacks, but for every college football program out there. The transfer portal opens today. Missouri, for example, Dominic Levette, I think, stunned him after the ball game when he said, I'm leaving. 
um, you know, this is third third leading receiver in the league. I mean, he said, I'm leaving. Now, a lot of times when a guy like that says, I'm leaving, you know, it's not so much that he's not confident in the coach or the system or whatever. It's just that, you know, he's looking at, um, you know, maybe NIL money. You know, that's the thing that you have to understand now is that what we think of in terms of assembling a roster is not the same as it was even two or three years ago. Um, it's about money, guys. I mean, it's about money. Um, you know, you've uh, there's going to be a lot of NIL dollars handed out over the course of the next month, and you're kidding yourself if you don't think that. And you look at a guy like Levette up there at Mizzou, I don't know what their situation is with NIL money, but I'll just bet you he goes to a place that's got a larger NIL pot than they do. I'd be willing yeah. to bet you that that's what happens. And so all these things come into play now, and uh, they didn't used to. So, you know, for the next month, it's going to be a free-for-all in terms of personnel. I think we'll see some, you know, when you go 6-6, six and six, the reality is there are going to be changes. And... Um, that's what's coming. You know, we see basketball now. Arkansas's got two returning players from a team that went to the Elite Eight a year ago. Um, Percentage-wise, I mean, is this going to be 40%, 50% of a new roster? I mean, you're always going to turn over 12, 15 a year just because eligibility runs out. I get the feeling, Chuck, we're looking at 30, maybe 40 different names on this roster next year versus this season's roster. Well, you're going to bring in 23 in your signing class, so you can start right. there. And, um, you know, I think there will be programs out there with 40 or 50 new faces next year. Uh, Man. I, I mean, look, when you factor in the signing class, I think we had 40 this past year. You know, when you factor in the signing class, I think we were close to 40. <laughs> so um, I think at the end of this week, we are going to be talking about how college football has become college basketball. That's what we're going to be saying, I think, by the end of the week, because you're going to see, you're going to see unprecedented movement over the course of the next uh, three or four weeks, and and it's it it'll begin in earnest today. Remember, like grade school football, where they'd have to put your name on tape on the, well, on the front yeah. of your helmet. They they well, may have to put names on tape up there in spring ball. <laughs> you know, I was I was I was reminded of some of my old discussions about recruiting with Otis Kirk, and he would always say that. You know, you're going to lose one that you thought you were going to get. You're going to get one that you didn't think you were going to get. And um, I sort of think it may be that way in the portal. We may be surprised about some things. I hope not. But, I mean, you know, again, there are going to be programs out there that lose big-time players they don't expect to lose. And and, and, I just just think it's going to happen everywhere. Plus, you've got, you know, you can can bet your bottom dollar Lane Kiffin was promised some NIL money to stay at at Ole Miss. and. And and Auburn, you know, it appears that the signs point towards Hugh Freeze. He's not coming with no uh, money in the NIL kitty. So, I mean, there's going to be some changes uh, across our league, and one the one in Mississippi concerns me more than the one at Auburn. Well, you've only got – I mean, there's only so much money out there. And, uh, um, you know, we're talking about real money when we're talking about NIL money. We're talking about real money. And um, – I don't know how much Ole Miss – I mean, you can't – I mean, what are you going to do, promise a guy, hey, we're going to raise three more million dollars for NIL? I mean, maybe you do, but then you got to go out there and do it. And um, 
but NIL is going to have a lot to do with the next month, and it's uh, um, it is becoming an overriding issue um, in terms of some of these players. Not all of them, but some of them. Hey, if you're in the market to buy or sell a home, I want to wholly recommend Weicker Realtors, the Griffin Company. I partnered with them twice, once to sell a home, once to buy a home. And I think what you're going to find is the same thing I found, is that they're true real estate professionals. You need somebody who understands the market. You need somebody that knows more than you do, is the bottom line. And um, that's what you find at Weicker Realtors, the Griffin Company. You find a trained real estate agent, trained better than anybody in the business. You find somebody that does understand the market, that does know how to negotiate, that does understand what to do to get you from contract to close, to get you to that closing table. Because whether you're a buyer or a seller, that's where you want to be and you want to get there as quickly as you can. Now, Weicker Realtors, the Griffin Company, has got an office in Fayetteville. They're in Springdale. They're in Bentonville. They've got an office in Fort Smith. They've got another one in Branson, Missouri. They've just opened that one. And you can log on to WeikertGriffin.com. Let's talk to Ryan. It's in Hot Springs. Ryan, go ahead, man. You're on the morning rush. Hey, good morning, guys. Man, it just, my frustration, myself, my, my frustration comes with, it seems to be there a, a little bit of a lack of awareness. I mean, how are you going to try, uh, you've had trouble all day pushing the ball, and you're going to you're gonna line your tight end up at center? As soon as I saw that, I said, "This. I hope this is a pass because there's no way he's getting it. And what happened? He got blown up right there. Did not advance the ball. The other part that aggravates me too about this, you know, using self awareness, is the fact that you had a chance to get your uh, your running back the SEC rushing title that has not been done since Darren McFadden, and that was needed for recruiting. That would have been a huge deal. That might be the difference in getting a five star or or, or a four star running back. We get a we you know we get we show that hey you know we can we can lead the SEC in rushing. And win it outright, and we didn't do it. And the sad part is we were actually really close, but he touched the ball, what, one time in the fourth quarter? That was it. That was it. And they've been getting pressure all day on KJ, and you didn't do anything to go away from that pressure to attack, to put you put yourself in a good good position. Of, I, I, you what? know, and I said Saturday, I kind of gave them a little more leniency with Liberty because – KJ was hurt. I, I I get all that, but you had a, a healthy KJ, and you didn't. It, I just I, uh, I I losing to Missouri and Drinkwitz is just. It sucks. I, I, it hurt my soul. Yeah, it hurt my soul. I I feel you, Ryan. I mean, it it definitely ruined uh, your weekend like it did mine. It sounds like absolutely because that that game was very winnable, and it was like some of the play calling was was not there. And like you said, I don't understand how you can go and win, beat the brakes off of Ole Miss, who's actually a pretty good team. Better football team, better football team better. than Missouri. I would have had, I would have had, I wouldn't be nearly as frustrated had we lost to Ole Miss and then turn around and beat Missouri. I, I could, I, I could give that, I could give that, I could give that to Sam. I, I, I could understand that a lot more. But that's just kind of where I'm at uh, today. I hope y'all have a great week and uh, go Hogs. If you're old enough to remember. If you're old enough to remember SMU in the '90s, this is kind of what uh, this is kind of what Missouri's become. One yeah. point of clarification. One point of clarification. Bowl games do count uh, on your rushing stats. Uh, the guy at Ole Miss had a subpar night against Mississippi State. Rocket statistically didn't have the numbers that he'd had, but bowl games do count. I don't know that they should, 
but bowl games do count in your uh, in your total to win the league rushing title. So he could still do that. Guys, here's the thing: when you're when you're doing what they were doing at the goal line, you know you're doing it because you've got some questions about whether or not you think you can line up running into the end zone. And uh, um, you don't do all that other stuff if you really believe you can line up running into the end zone. So for whatever reason, um, in that spot, it got to the point where. You know, I guess they weren't quite sure if they could do that, and that's why they brought the tight end in motion. And sometimes you do different things. But um, I thought the one thing, big picture here, and I know we're about to run out of time in this segment. Caller mentioned the offensive line earlier. I think that's the one spot where it's really incumbent upon them to either through the portal or however they got to do it, build some depth. Uh, you got to be able to relieve some of these guys. I th- I thought the offensive linemen played a whole lot of snaps this year. You go back and you look at some of the participation numbers from particular games, and uh, they played a lot of snaps, and they weren't able to do on the offensive line what they were able to do on the defensive line in terms of personnel. And I think over the course of – or I, I say I think, I can't help but wonder over the course of a long season if that didn't have some effect. And also, too, I mean – you look at a guy like Dalton Wagner. I mean, he played 50 games. I mean, he played 50 games. He's played 50 games. I mean, that that's a real wear and tear on your body. And um, uh, I hope that they can address some of their depth issues on the offensive line because you got to be able to spell some guys here and there. Yeah. Didn't seem like they had a lot of answers on the left side. Luke Jones, uh, I know Tykes Crawford came in. That was just – seemed like that was the area that Missouri was getting, well, at least to, particularly in the first half, a lot of pressure from. They tried everything they could do over there. They uh, had Luke Jones there to start. Then they uh, um, they moved Crawford to right tackle or right guard, and they moved Limmer to left guard, and they moved Latham to left tackle. I mean, they tried Latham over there. They tried Jones over there. They they tried just about everything they could do, and that guy just kept beating them, that McGuire. He just kept beating them. Mm-hmm. Um, they did a lot of shuffling. I don't know how many people noticed, but they did a lot of shuffling on that offensive line, particularly on that left side to try to shore that up. And um, he just kept beating them. I mean, he just kept beating them the same way Perkins beat them to the other side in the LSU game. Both times it was personnel issues there. And that's why I say, I mean, you got to address that. The only way you get out of this, guys, is recruiting your way out of it. It's the only way. And that's not about necessarily going out and getting high school guys and building it in a two- or three-year window now. You don't have that luxury. You get fired. And uh, they've got to address that in the portal. First Western Bank. We are more than just a bank. We are your partner for all your financial services. First Western has real professionals with years of experience in banking, mortgage, insurance, and investments. From financial services to personal and business insurance to investment products, mortgages, and small business banking. First Western with locations throughout Northwest Arkansas and the River Valley and online at firstwestern.com. Exceptional financial services all in one place. First Western Bank. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. You're listening to the Bud Light Next Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light Next is for the next era of beer drinkers with zero carbs and only 80 calories. I know some of you will say the answer to this question is who should the coaching staff focus on bringing back for another either COVID year or just to make sure they're on board for next season. And a lot of you will say, well, everyone's high. 
everyone on the roster. I know they're going to have a lot of guys that will hit the portal. Some will be a surprise. Some won't. We'll have to wait and see. This week is going to be nuts in terms of college football news. We saw over the weekend a bunch of breaking stories that came to do with coaching searches amongst other things. But, guys, who are some important players Sam Pittman and his staff need to come back for next season, in y'all's opinion? Well, I think they're going to have to evaluate that. I mean, they're going to have to evaluate that. They're going to have to decide who they want back and who they don't. Some of it, you know, and, and, and that's the thing. You balance, you know, you balance where you are in terms of portal, what you need immediately. Um, they're going to have to make those decisions, and that's what this week's going to be about. Sometimes you may want a guy back. He may not want to be back. And um, so I think all those things, they'll work out in the next several days. So what do they mean immediately, Tommy? What do they need right now? Backup quarterback? That's where yeah, my head goes well, first. They got more pressing needs than a backup quarterback. Yeah, I mean, I, I look at how do you replace a guy like Bumper Poole? I mean, not not just for, from being a linebacker and a leading tackler and the program's leading tackler with his, his extra time, but, you know, you know what he brings to the table, the, the intangibles. So I mean, that's tough. I, mean, I think you can always look at line play. I don't think that's ever going to change. I, I think you can always look and say, hey, uh, need more depth on both lines. And, I, and until Arkansas gets a nasty, mean mountain of a man to play the A and B gaps inside, play what they call zero technique right up on the nose of the, and control those A gaps, you know, I think that's, that, that, that's what championship teams are centered around on defense. You've got to find that person, and those, those are unicorns in a lot of times, Chuck. Yeah, I mean, you've, you've, you've got to be good in that spot. We were really good last year with Ridgeway. I think overall, if you were going to look at a group, though, I think it's the secondary. I think you've got to revamp there. I think you've got to bring in new guys, and uh, uh, I think your secondary's got to have an entirely different look next year. Well, and I don't know that any of us have the answer, but, you know, the question is what do you do with Catalan? What's Catalan want to do? I mean, that's a two-way question there. But, well, that's you right. Know, you know, I think what, he, what's his you know, future? I, I, you know, that's that's something the two of them, you know, I say the two of them. There'll obviously be more people involved. That's something ultimately Catalan's got to decide. And um, I suspect that Jalen Catalan's coming back. Um, that's 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 my strong suspicion. I think you look at him. I think you look at Quincy McAdoo um, and the way he's played. Um, but I think that's that's an area where you know you talk about your safeties and your nickel. Um, I think that's an area where they got to get better. I think they've uh, they've got to get appreciably better in that area, and I think that's something that will be addressed. I'm not saying that's the only area, and I'm not pinning everything on that. I'm just saying that I think you're asking for areas. I think if I were going to pick one area, that'd be the place I'd start. What's your pitch to Quincy to convince him to stay it in the secondary and not want to stay back? on defense? You want to stay on defense? That'd be my pitch. But what if he says no? What if he says he's no, not going coach, to? He's not going to. He's a starter there. I mean, he's you, a starter. I mean, he's not going yeah. back to offense. <laughs> no, that, I think he's, the he's play perfectly happy. Decided. Right? He's perfectly happy where he is. He's not going yeah. anywhere. Yeah. All right. That's your Red River Dodge Morning Rush Daily Question. Red River Dodge in Heber Springs, Arkansas's number one Ram dealer. Log on at RedRiverDodge.com. <laughs> This hour of Chuck Barrett on the Morning Rush is presented by Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Professional people, professional service. Schedule your service appointment today at gopascal.com. Right, so we got a lot of news to get to college football-wise, and we will do that coming up. But we haven't 
we mentioned it a little bit. Jamil Walker has been let go. Tom Murphy, Arkansas Democrat Gazette, was the first one to get to news. The transfer portals can be rampant, not only here in the state of Arkansas, but other places. Guys, do we expect more coaching changes moving forward? Or is that the only one that we... And I know the nutrition staff person, the head of that, got let go as well. I, I don't know her name, but I know that was a part of it. Is that an expectation in the coming days that we have more staff changes? Well, I think it stands... I, I mean, yeah. I mean, I think it stands to reason that's 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 going to happen. Uh, certainly, c- certainly that's going to happen. One of the things that I do think people need to understand is the importance of your strength and conditioning staff. Um, if recruiting is the lifeblood of your program, your strength and conditioning department is the backbone. Um, that's where you build the resolve of your team. That's where a lot of your mental approach is uh, carved out. Is uh, uh, It happens in the weight room. And, you know, it's, it's not just, you know, we think of strength and conditioning. We think of, you know, big guys lifting weights. There's a lot more to it than that. And you've got to be on the same page. Everybody's got to be on the same page. And there's one man in charge, pure and simple. And uh, that's the man you got to please, you know, in any organization. And, uh, you know, I think when you make a change, when you decide to make a change, it means that your trust in that person to do what you need them to do is, for whatever reason, gone. And when it's gone, you have to make a change. And I don't think it's a commentary on Jamil. I know it's not a commentary on Jamil Walker as a person or his abilities in the in the in the weight room. It's just that sometimes, if you're not 100 percent together, um, you got to split up. And I think that's yeah. what's happened here. Well, I think anytime you're running an organization, you're the CEO of whatever it is. When you put and when you'd you'd say that strength and condition, that's a department head. That's someone that's running a division of a company, in this case, a division of your football program. Uh, They have staff underneath them. If they're not in lockstep with what the head coach wants, and I'm not saying that, and and that, that applies to the equipment people, that applies to the coordinators, that applies to, as the, as the CEO, if you're Sam Pittman, you know one thing that you've got to to lay your head on the pillow at night is knowing all those people you put in charge of the various facets and divisions of your program are in lockstep with what you want done. And um, if if you ever get to a point where you think that's not the case and you can't resolve it, change is inevitable. Well, I don't think that anyone, and I realize when there's an initial move. Um, and all the other moves, if there are going to be other moves, have not been made. People tend to think, well, is that all there is? That who you're blaming it on? Um, I and look, I I understand that, but I also, you know, I began to see this when Bobby Petrino was the head coach. Bobby Petrino, it was my second year as the play-by-play guy. Petrino's first year as the coach. He was really good to me. I mean, he was really good to me in that he let me. I mean, I I could go anywhere I wanted, and. I really began to understand the importance of the strength coach to a football program, to your strength and conditioning program, how important that is to what happens on the field. It's not just a matter of being strong. It's, it, I mean, you're, 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 you're physically preparing a body to play a certain game, just like trainers in baseball and basketball prepare their guys to play that game. Um, but Petrino really believed in that. That's just, yeah, and, and I'm not saying that that was some novel idea on his part. It's just the first time I'd been around it. And I realized at that point how 
big a role that plays in what happens on the field. And that's why strength coaches make a lot of money now. Uh, that's why you got strength coaches making close to a million bucks in some cases because that is the backbone of your program. If you've got a resilient team, if you've got a team with resolve, character, as some of the old school guys would say, that's where it starts. Starts in that strength and conditioning program. That's an underrated element that Alabama lost when Scott Cochran went to Georgia. Well, I'm not talking about Alabama. I'm talking about us. And I'm saying that I I get what you're saying. Alabama's still pretty damn good. I mean, I'm not saying that their program went in the tank, because I'm not going to go that far. But what I am going to say is that in every program, that strength and conditioning coach is uh, um, he is really, really vital to what you're doing. And like you say, Tommy, if you're not on the same page, then you got to go in a different direction. Yeah. And, it, you know, for years there was zero contact pretty much between coaches and players. Now that's eased up a little, but it's still not like they've got full-blown access between assistant coaches and the players. So for the vast majority of the calendar year, the strength coach is the voice they hear the most is the players. Well, and and beginning in January, coaches, it's that way a lot. So That's right. He's the one you're around, and those people are the ones you're around, and those people are the ones that you talk to every day, and they form a lot of what your mental makeup is as a team. And, and they set the tone for accountability because that's no where doubt. it begins. No doubt. They, they, set, they set the tone for accountability in what you eat, the kind of work you're putting in in the weight room, the conditioning, all the – I mean, that's really where accountability begins is with – and, and culture is built. If you just stop and think, I mean, these guys can't play and get to where they need to be unless their bodies are right. It's just too competitive at every position. I mean, the accountability they provide is, is I think, paramount to the to the success of any program, not just Arkansas. That's that's true anywhere. Well, that's why I say, I mean, that's 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 where the resolve of your team comes from. Chuck, I know you watched the Michigan Ohio State game. Tommy, did you watch it on yep. Saturday? Anyone I thought it was the best game of the day. Anyone watch how yep. Michigan back-to-back years obliterated Ohio State on a line of scrimmage, especially in the second half? Well, yeah. I mean, Michigan. Uh, uh, Michigan's a – I'm not sure Michigan's not the best team right now. I think Michigan and Georgia, if they play each other, would be a great football game. We, um, Michigan, Michigan beat them all over the field. Well, I mean, there's a guy up there that played for the U of A. That's the assistant strength and conditioning coach up there that, from the former teammates I talked to, would jump at the opportunity to come back to Fayetteville. His name's Kiero Small, a name that a lot of you know. I mean, is that an easy call for Sam to make based on the way oh, that Michigan know. looks on the line of scrimmage? I don't know. Based on the I, way I, there I'm, seems to be mutual I mean, interest, I, potentially. I don't know that there's mutual interest. I, I mean, well, I don't think maybe you've team, heard something I haven't heard. But, I mean, I've texted. Oh, oh, I'm. Of course he's interested. He's an assistant strength coach. Of course he's yeah. interested. I don't know if there's mutual interest. Maybe I'm always you've heard interested in quadrupling my pay. Yeah. Well, why wouldn't it yeah. be? I mean, why, what would be the reason well, there, that Sam wouldn't it, be interested? Because there are a lot of different him. things that go into hiring somebody. I, yeah. I mean, to sit here and say just because he played for us that he's the obvious choice. I mean, Tank Wright played for us too. Um, it's only natural that people would think about that. Now, whether or not everything you know, jibes in terms of your your philosophy and all the things that you're looking for. Um, I don't know. My guess is what Sam Pittman's going to want in terms of his strength coach is a uh, is a hard guy. 
if you really notice in coaching, a lot of times you go from one extreme to the other. And I'm not going to comment on what's happened in there, but I am going to say I think he's looking for a hard guy. And, um, you know, we'll just have to see who he picks. Kiero's one of my favorite players. I mean, I, I used to tease him all the time. Every time I'd see him, I'd say, that's what a football player looks like. I think he's one of the best players we've ever had in terms of maxing out what he had. But now whether yeah. or not it's the right fit to be the strength coach, I don't know. Got to remember, no like, and trust always come into play when making key decisions with personnel. People you know, people you like, people you trust. And if they're not on those lists, I mean, you're going to go, I mean, look look at where, where did he find Jamil Walker? Georgia, Georgia. who he knew, yeah. he liked, he knew. and he trusted. And it burned. Right. And, or so, not, I mean, not burned, well, it, but it didn't work. Oh, but see, Ty, you know. but the point is, is, I mean, he hired the assistant strength coach of Georgia. Georgia's just as good as Michigan. So, I mean, mm -hmm. just because you go hire an assistant at a place where they've been doing well doesn't guarantee you're going to be able to replicate it where you are. I That's mean, sometimes true. you can, but there's no guarantee. There's more. I'd say there's a few more quality players than Georgia. But So you got that. Again, we don't know what's going to happen this week with other members on this staff. I am curious to know what ends up happening, as Tommy, as you just pointed out. Does Pittman go get someone that he's previously coached with? Does he get the next up-and-comer? I mean, how does he go about making these coaching changes that we assume are coming? And we know one is coming with the strength. How does he go about doing it? Because he hired a lot of guys that he knew and had worked with when he got here. How does he go well, about replacing? Because that's what killed Brett. Brett had a great staff when he got here. Then they left. And then he hired a bunch of cow turds that were not good. And that did not equate to football coaches in the Southeastern Conference. So kind of like, Sam, we talk about the extension. Extension kill football programs when you extend coaches out. Now you have to go out and make some personnel decisions that he's already, at least already made to this point that help you and they, that are yeah. not easy to make after you've had these initial hirings that some have worked and some haven't. Yeah, I, I think it's safe to say he didn't just wake up Saturday morning and decide to make some staff changes. I think he's been mulling this over, probably making some phone calls, talking to intermediaries. I, I don't imagine Sam Pittman has went into this week with no plan. In fact, I would imagine this plan's probably been thought out for several weeks, if not a month or more by, by this point. So these well, aren't I think it's things been more that, than that. Yeah, yeah I, I, well, and you'd have a better feel for that than I would. But I, I'm just saying he he didn't go into uh, this week half cocked. He 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 knew exactly what he wants to do, and I think he knows exactly who he wants to call. And I think he's got a pretty good idea already what those answers are going to be. Chuck, I think so too. I think so too. I, I mean, I don't I don't think you you know, as fans, when we see something that doesn't work, fire that guy, fire that guy. Um. But I mean, and look, I I understand sentiment. I'm I'm not being I'm not being critical when I say that. I'm I understand all that. But I think that um, you know when it comes to hiring people, it's just like any other business. You start with your network, and uh, a lot yeah. of times it does come from you know within your own network, so to speak. And uh, um, you know the coaching tree, your coaching tree. Yeah. I suspect that there's probably going to be some of that, not just here, but at a lot of places. You know, guys, I think that one thing we all really like doing is dealing with professional people. And when I talk about Pascal Air, Plumbing, and Electric, we always say professional people, professional service. I want to emphasize professional service for just a moment. Anybody that knows, anybody that's been through this knows exactly what I'm talking about. 
When your heating and air system is not working right, service is really, really important. And what you're going to find with Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric, that this is a 50-year-old company. They've expanded into other parts of Arkansas, and it's because they really do have professional service. Now, they've also got the Pascal Plan Protection Program, and that's going to allow you to have your system checked each and every season, make sure it's running the way it ought to be running. It also gives you priority on scheduling, and that's important, too. And the bottom line is they keep you up and running all year long. Professional people, professional service. They're Arkansas-owned, owned by former Razorback Charlie Boyce, Arkansas-operated. And you can log on to GoPascal.com. Let's talk to Big Mike, who's in Waldron. Big Mike, thanks for holding, man. You're on the morning rush. You know, we ain't talking about a lot of this stuff. If they make five or six tackles, I mean, win by ten points. There's five or six tackles. Got There was a lot of tackles got blown more than that. You can see that last night. The Eagles gained 100 less yards if the Packers aren't hitting them shoulder high. It ain't funny that the nutritionist always gets fired first thing when have a disappointing year. Uh, I hope that stupid co- what is it, uh, special teams coach of South Carolina is on the Boros list because he needs to be. Boy, they play. And uh, what the heck else was it? And the dang, uh, I, if I'm Pittman, I'm getting me a whole bunch of them old-fashioned tackling dummies. I'm hiring girls to hold them, try to keep them away from them guys. <laughs> they're going to be hitting them over and over again. Because, you know, it may be sexist, but they ain't going to want to let them girls get that tackling dummy away from them. And that's about all I got to say. <laughs> that's probably enough. It, 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 it may be sexist, <laughs> but that's a phrase. Oh, man. Uh, someone take it from here. I, I, don't, I don't know what to do with Big Mike's call at the end. One of y'all. Well, I think you can hear the frustration of Big Mike's voice. Well, and, that, and, right. And, that's the thing. And, that, that's that's what, the thing. and it's about three or four or five plays. I mean, but. You know, really, you can probably define it in two or three plays in about five or six, four, five, six ball games, Chuck, because there were so many tight ball games. We were talking about the record earlier. I think it's uh, what one and four or something in single possession games, where you know it, it comes. It often comes down to three or four plays. You can highlight a possession in the red zone this week. That's what everyone's talking about. Is hey, on Friday, you get it first and goal at the two after the pass interference call and. You settle for a field goal. You really had four shots at the end zone with the one that led to the pass interference. So, I mean, that those are the things that lead to the frustration, Chuck. Well, I understand that. I, I personally found it a lot more frustrating when we were getting blown out every game as opposed to losing a one-score game. Now, losing is still losing. Um, I do think when you look at the three years of Sam Pittman, the common denominator has been close ball games. Uh, first year, lost most of them. Second year, won most of them. Third year, lost both, uh, most of them. Um, I do think, again, and I'll go back to what I said earlier, I think the reason he won a lot of those close games last year is all those super seniors, uh, the leadership and the maturity of the team. And um, I think that had a lot to do with what happened last year. I also think he got some breaks last year. and That has a lot to do with what happens in close games. As far as Friday goes, um, you, know, you can point to missed tackles. I watched, as I said, a lot of football on Saturday, and there's a lot of teams that don't tackle great. I thought the difference in the game was not being able to score on first and goal. You score right there, you win the game, in my estimation. You mentioned those close losses. Arkansas leads the country the last three years in losses by a field goal or less. Eight total. And you mentioned 2020 didn't go your way. A lot more games went your way last year. Didn't go your way this year. What's the biggest reason for that? 
What's the biggest reason that well, they lead the country? Because we're not where we want to be yet. That's part of the process of getting to where you want to be. We went from being blown out every game to playing close games. And uh, unfortunately, you don't go from getting blown out every game to you know blowing everybody else out every game. It just yeah. doesn't work that way. And I yeah. think this is part of it. This is part of – look, football is different than all the other sports – the process of getting better is far more arduous in football than it is the other sports. Far more arduous. And um, we're better than we were, but we're not where we want to be. But I do think even though close losses are frustrating, it is a sign that you are headed toward where ultimately you want to be because you've gone in about three or four years from being the laughing stock of the conference to being a team that's a difficult out. Doesn't mean they're going to win every game. Doesn't even mean in this case you're going to win more than you lose. But I don't think you go from being terrible, which we were, to being a juggernaut in less than five years. That just does not happen in college football. But we're better than we were. We're getting there. They've hit a bump in the road, and now they got to make some changes to correct that. But I think what people yeah. are concerned with is you're 0-4 this year in games decided by three points or less. I understand And I, and I realized last year no, was way, but No, a, I understand what you're saying. But not I understand a, what you're saying. But not a single game that was tied outside of Cincinnati went your way. That was ended up being a seven-point ball game. Yeah. And that's what people... And last year, in, pretty much every one of them went their way. But this year, in year three, they reverted to what they were in 2020. That's well, what you're fans have obvious there, though. But that's I, I what, mean, I understand that. Everybody knows that. But I'm just stating what fans feel. They have an issue I, I, with that. That's the issue with this year's football team is what? for all the good they did all last right. year, it's almost like they took a step back this year. Well, which well, maybe they, they were ahead early. They hit a bump in the like, road this year and now they got to go about correcting it. At Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we specialize in getting you exactly what you want. Custom jewelry, professional repairs. We can even fix eyeglasses and other small trinkets. Now we offer services with a new laser engraving slash cutting machine. We can mark any shape or design you need. Company logos, fingerprints, religious symbols, even actual pictures can be engraved or just cut out into shape and preserved in metal forever. We can also engrave on other materials, glass, wood, plastic. Just ask. You can get what you want without settling for less. We can take any design or picture and turn it into a forever keepsake. Come see Nathan and let him tell you all the details. You can get exactly what you want at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russellville. Core Jewelry! Chuck Barrett here. I know a thing or two about making great calls in Arkansas. And when it comes to your home service needs, make the call to Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. The friendly pros at Pascal have been serving Arkansas for more than 50 years. And as the weather changes, make sure your system is ready with a Pascal protection plan. Call the pros at Pascal and get a seasonal tune-up, discounted services, and priority scheduling. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas owned. Arkansas operated. GoPascal.com. Have you tried Benville Brewing's new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale? It's handcrafted in Arkansas. You'll taste the great tropical citrus, including the passion fruit, the guava, and pineapple. It's creamy, zingy, and zows the taste buds. It's weird, wonderful, and wacky all at the same time. Try the new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale from Benville Brewing. 
Here's Coach on what this week could look like. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, we have exit meetings with the kids. There'll be portal action and all that kind of stuff, us and everybody else in the country, and then you just have to figure it out. It's there for a reason, and you just have to figure out, obviously, who wants to stay with the program and who wants to transfer out, and they have their own reasons and things of that nature. And uh, we'll visit with them and try to keep the ones that we need to keep. Is there any question of what K.J. Jefferson's going to do at Arkansas? Is there any thought process that he could enter the draft, transfer, do anything besides being the quarterback at the Razorback, with the Razorbacks next year? I've not talked to him about it, but, um, you know, we'll have to see what he decides to do. I sure hope he comes back, I, uh, and, I, and I know they do too. Yeah, I mean, I know there's been some scuttlebutt and some rumor. I think some of that's just, you know, concern, uh, you know, because I think we all would have a different outlook on this this next season uh, until you had an answer at quarterback if K.J. made a decision. I think it would be surprising a lot. So I, I think well, I, I think I a think lot of people the, assume he'll be back. So I, You know, I think you got to wait and see how all the, you know, everything shakes out. I mean, uh, um, players, coaches, the whole deal. I mean, you got to see how everything shakes out. Now, do I think he's going to enter the transfer portal today? No, um, I think he's going to be back. I mean, I I, um, I would expect him to be back. What is Arkansas's number one pitch in the offseason to guys this year? Last year was we're on the right track. Look at what we've done. Nine games. That was more than you can't really say that this year. You're Sam Pittman and this staff. What is your number one pitch to young men hitting the portal this offseason? Well, I think well people have different reasons for hitting the portal. You know, the thing that we don't talk about a lot because all of us, frankly, don't understand the figures we're talking about. But NIL has a lot to do with this, guys. I mean, the the transfer portal is fueled by the NIL. And, um, you know, that's the, um, um, you know, some people have more money than others. If you don't have much money, you're not going to say, well, we don't have any money. Um, that sends the wrong message. Um, uh, I think that you know, you're going to obviously talk about playing time with some kids, but that may or may not be the issue with some kids. Um, I think, you know, you've got to look at the portal. You've got to wonder why they're in the portal. Sometimes you've got to ask them what they want, <laughs> you know, and uh, um, that's how this portal thing is fueled. And so I don't think that you can understate the factor that the NIL will be over the course of the next week. I don't think you can understate that. So are we good? Yeah. Is Arkansas good in that category? We've talked about having money. Like, what does that mean? Top 10? They're not as good as some. They're not as good as some. Look, this is a classic system of the rich are going to get richer and the poor are going to get poorer. Mm-hmm. That's just the truth. Um, the rich are going to get richer and the poor are going to get poorer. We've always had to do more with less. Now, we, we're... We're able to do more with a whole lot more now, but um, you know there are always going to be programs out there that have more NIL money just based on population, based on demographics, based on, well, mainly population and demographics. But uh, um, you're always going to have schools that are going to have more money. But I do think that's an issue. I think it's an issue. I think it's a big issue. Yeah. I think from the outside looking in, and as you said in the last hour, knowing just enough to be wrong about something, you, you look at all the Fortune 500 companies that call Northwest Arkansas home, and as an outsider looking into this process, you feel like that gives you hope that maybe you can compete because we've seen the Hunt family 
get involved, and particularly with the basketball team. You, and you hope other of the of the players that have the means will get involved. But there's nothing to guarantee that. That that does give you the one chance, though, maybe to to compete on a level that maybe otherwise you couldn't. Here's the thing you have to think about. In football, you're dealing with 85 guys. You're dealing with 85 guys. That's a lot of money. You know, and I'm not saying that, you know, it's easy in the other sports, but you got a lot less players to go get. And um, football is a whole different animal when it comes to money. And uh, I just think that whether we like it or not, this is, this is a real factor. It's a very, very, very real factor. And the the kind of money that the I think I think that's the thing we can't really fathom until we're we're going to learn more about this process, Chuck, is how much money some of these players are are asking for, how much some are commanding, um, and that's going to you know it's still a a new process for the people on all ends of it, all tentacles of it. Well, and, don't think for when one, I hear some of these stories, it raises my eyebrows. Well, don't think for one second there aren't players that don't go into the coach and say, hey, I need this. You know, I got to have a new car, man. My car's not getting me around. Um, that, that happens in every football program. I mean, it happens in every program. Now, you think about that. You think about that. You're a coach. You're getting ready for a game. You got stuff going on. The guy comes in and goes, hey, uh, coach, you know, I need, uh, I need a better car. Um, and, and, and that happens. I mean, it happens every day. I won't say it happens every day. It happens once a week. And um, you're just dealing with a lot of different things now. And it's not the old days. You know, the things that we think about when we factor in why a guy would transfer or why you'd sign a high school recruit, all the things that we factored in, close to home, life after football, chance for playing time, opportunity to help build something from the ground up, that's part of it with some guys, but with a lot of guys, it's just not anymore. And and yeah. um, it's 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 just a real factor. I'll just leave it at that. And and listening to what you just said there tells me you better have really good coordinators you can turn some things over to because the head coach has more on his plate today than he did a few years ago. And dealing with all this, massaging all these things around. Um, there's only head coach still just gets 24 hours a day and seven days in a week, just like anybody else. So, I mean, you got to have the time to deal with all of these new things that are now on your plate. And every good player's got a, a handler or, in some cases, an agent. And, um, you know, I doubt if any of these guys, when they started coaching, figured, you know, a couple of days before the game, I'm going to be talking to somebody's agent. <laughs> but that happens. I mean, it happens. And, um, it's a different animal. It's an entirely different animal than it than it once was. And money pro is, sports uh, in a lot of ways. you know, well, it pro yeah, pro sports in many many ways. I mean, when you're playing ball and you're getting paid for it, you're a pro in my mind. Eight seven seven three seven seven six nine six three is our number. Let's go to Stephen in Nashville. Stephen, go ahead, man. You're on the morning rush. Uh, thank you. Yeah, I pretty much touched on what I was going to ask you about was the transport pearl. Earlier in the year, y'all was talking about <clears throat> the people we lost last year hurting our secondary and stuff. I was just wondering if Chuck and them had any idea who that they think may leave that would hurt, devastate us for next year, except for KJ. If there any idea on people you may don't want to lose, except for KJ, any ideas on that? Well, as I said earlier, I mean, to me, um, I think you've got to – 
look at the secondary. If I was going to look at a at a at a group where I think you've um, you know you may look at some at some total change there. I think I think that may be the group. <laughs> Sorry. Funny text. Um, Are we interrupting your uh, party? Over no, there no, time? it was just. A, it was just. A, <laughs> I mean, don't let us get in your way. Yeah. Just a, a funny, well, a funny text. I'll, I'll add. I'll add this. We, you know, we know bumper pool's time is over. Drew Sanders is going in the draft. We think Chris Paul is going to be kind of the leader of the next wave of linebackers. But I think you're probably looking for maybe an experienced linebacker. I think there's there's points, you know, and you could say, well, this one's more important than the other, and I may not. Have, disagree with that but i think finding uh, another experienced hand on the second level and then you know that that john ridgeway type as you put it last hour chuck somebody that can be a man in there on the a gap and um you know an inside defensive lineman that uh that could command a little more i think is something you'd love to find but you know give me the list of the teams that don't want another great interior defensive lineman well yeah i mean that's an important spot exactly and if you're good defensively, it's generally because you're good there, or at least in large part. Portals next Monday, right? December fifth. That's when they can fit. And I know guys will announce it, or is it today? Well, they can they can say at any time. And I mean, basically, you know, we're talking about Slusher. He's essentially said, you know, tipped his hand on what he's going to do last weekend. And um, the players can announce at any time. I think officially it opens the what December five through January eighteen. I believe are the actual dates. That's what I. That's what I thought. I just like you said they can announce and we'll get announcements all throughout the week. Tommy, the answer to your question is they need depth everywhere, man. They need it everywhere. It's a, it's not just and you could say oh, it's six, the secondary. It's I mean it's a variety. You need a backup quarterback. You need more offensive linemen. I mean I guess you could say the running back group is pretty solid right now. You bring in August Dave or August Dave, however you say his name. That's probably the only, doing this off the top of my head, running back room is probably the only room that you're like, man, they're really rock solid there. If one guy, Not to say that if Rocket didn't go down, you would have a little bit of a step back. But everywhere else, it's like they need a guy here, they need a guy there. And unfortunately, when you look at the other SEC rosters, and I'm talking about the top dogs, I'm talking LSU, I'm talking Georgia, I'm talking Bama, they've already got those players on the roster. You don't. You got to go pluck them away from those schools, which you were able to do a little bit last year. But you got 23 commits right now. I don't expect them to have 23 signees when early national signing period hits. I think they'll have some guys decommit. So you have to go out and do what you did last year, probably times two. You got to go get probably 20 some odd guys out of the portal compared to what, nine or 10 last year, I think is what it was. I mean, it's just a different, different story. But a lot of, and you get the same time, a lot of, I guess teams will have to yeah. do that same thing. Yeah. Hey, guys, we've reached the, that time of the year where it's stressful, the holidays, the schedule, all of it uh, just adds another layer of stress to everything. And don't just survive the holidays this year. Thrive and relieve some of that stress and treat yourself to a new spa from Burton Pools and Spas. You can soak away the stress and the soreness that comes along with just the the busiest time of the year. And when it comes to Burton's, they know what they're doing when it comes to spas. In fact, they've sold over 8,000 hot spring spas. So these are people that know what they're talking about and you can trust to get the job done for you. They've been around for 44 years. So you can count on them to be there to help you deal with any issues that might come your way. They've got uh, over 80 hot tubs in stock. Prices start at $34.99 and payments as low as $47 a month right now with Burton Pools and Spas. They're in Springdale. They're in Fort Smith. You can see them all online at BurtonPools.com. That's Burton Pools and Spas, where you can get your feet wet 
without getting in over your head. You know, I know Eli Drinkwitz likes to play the poking fun game. He's done it to Dan Mullen. He's done it to you a couple times in SEC media days. I think it was two years ago. He said, I kind of like our rivalry with Arkansas. We hadn't lost that game in a while. He spurts out, yes, sir, in his post game. It was either press conference or it was an interview with Missouri play-by-play. But you know what? What really irked me is when he came at my guy, Chuck. Now, Chuck, I almost drove to Como from Little Rock when I heard him come at you. You probably took it a little more well and calm than I did. I mean, was he dreaming about you? What, what was the deal with that, man? Well, I mean, when you win, you uh, you get to say whatever you want. And um, he won, and he uh, he said what he wanted to. He, <laughs> he mentioned me. I mean, if the victor goes to the spoils, I think if you, um, you know, if you go back and you listen to um, to the show last week, I didn't say anything about Missouri in the trenches. There wasn't one word that came up about that. Um, first off, I was in Maui all week long, and um, my you know my time on the show was pretty minimal. But uh, you're not going to find anywhere on the show last week where I said anything about Missouri in the trenches. That's not what this was about. I know what it was about, and that's not what it was about. But, um, hey, to the victor goes the spoils. And when you win, you can say whatever you want. And he did. And um, I've said many times, it's a big game to Missouri. It's a big game to Eli Drinkwitz. And um, I think we saw that Friday. You had some other big games this week in Ohio State and Michigan. Chuck, I'll give you credit. They, they didn't have Blake Corum, or they did for basically a quarter, and they came out. Michigan just curbed on Ohio State, especially that second half. That McCarthy kid, C.J. Stroud's a much better quarterback, but McCarthy outplayed him that day, and it wasn't even close. Stroud lost his Heisman Trophy on Saturday. I guess Caleb Williams, I think it's going to come down between Caleb Williams and Hinton Hooker, basically. I think Williams got a good shot, but Michigan just ate Ohio State up in the horseshoe. They had won back-to-back games in 20-some-odd years, and they obliterated Ohio State on Saturday. Yeah, Michigan's good. I mean, I'm not so sure Michigan's not the best team out there right now. I'll be pulling hard for Georgia if that's who they end up playing. But uh, I think Michigan's good. Michigan's physical. Um, I mean, they beat them over the top. They ran the ball. They threw off play action. Um, you know, when you can uh, when you can dominate up front, you can throw off play action and get guys behind people. And Michigan did that all day. So the big college football stories over the weekend, Matt Rule's going to Nebraska. Luke Fickle's going to Wisconsin. Looks like Hugh Freeze going to Auburn is picking up steam a little bit. LSU goes down to Texas A&M and College Station. Their first win in like two months. USC survives against the Fighting Irish. And then TCU clobbers Iowa State. And they're now basically in the college football playoff. Those are kind of the big college football notable news from the weekend. Ty, you let off the show asking me if the if the loss ruined my weekend, and I said no. Um, if I was an LSU fan, though, I don't know how that doesn't ruin your weekend because you think you've got a chance or an angle on the college football playoff, and you completely messed the bed at A&M. Now, that would ruin your weekend if you were in LSU shoes. You had no margin of error, and you go to a place like A&M and lose, and, and really, Chuck, not even competitive in that game, to, to be honest with you, over the course of the 60 minutes. That was the most surprising result of the weekend yes. for me. Was, that uh, would ruin watching, my weekend. Uh, you know, watching, uh, watching what happened there. That's, you know, you were talking about the Auburn job. I'm wondering what's going to happen down there. You know, it seemed like Kiffin, and then it's not. 
now all the arrows point toward Hugh Freeze, but I I talked to some Auburn people last night, guys. There's there's not a big appetite for Hugh Freeze. Um, you know, this is a guy that was below 500. He was below 500 in the SEC West. He's not a miracle worker. Um, you know, Liberty got just pasted as a 24-point favorite. Louis, or, uh, Liberty, I'm sorry, just got pasted on Saturday. There is a groundswell down there for Cadillac Williams, and I don't know if he's going to end up getting the job. But um, I don't know that Hugh Freeze is going to be as well-received if he is the one. Uh, as maybe it seemed like he might be, you know, say the week after he beat Arkansas. Um, you know, unfortunately, we kind of formulate our opinions of a coach week to week, and I don't know that this is as done as people think. It may be, and I, and, and, and I think he'd do a decent job down there. But when I look at Hugh Freeze, I mean, why'd you fire Gus? Why'd you fire Gus? Yeah. If you're going to go get yeah. Gus Light, why'd you fire the real thing? Yeah. Is Dion in the mix at all? Where's I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I mean, uh, um, it's a risky hire uh, to go from Jackson State to a place where winning is demanded, not just expected, demanded. And um, I like Dion. I think Dion's going to be a really, really good high-level coach. And I'm not saying he couldn't do it. He would certainly revive that program. But um, – you know, you've got to hire a staff. You've got to do a lot of different things. And um, I don't know where he is in that mix. But um, I'm inclined to think that Cadillac Williams is maybe a lot more a part of this discussion than we thought he might be three or four weeks ago. He sure seemed to earn the respect of a lot of players really quickly down there. And Here's the thing. You can't make your decision with your heart in a situation like this. John Cohen cannot make his decision with his heart. He's got to do more in terms of bringing in, uh, you know, you can make a decision with your heart, and it seems great today, and, you know, a year or two down the road, you realize, well, maybe I should have used my head a little bit more. I mean, we all go through things like that, and um, that's one of the things that they've got to keep in mind. I mean, it's, it's a feel-good story right now, but feel-good stories fade. So I'm going to be interested to see how all this plays out down there. Well, I think the formula, you look up north to what's happening with Luke Fickle and now at Wisconsin. So he's the interim at Ohio State after the whole Trestle debacle. They don't hire him. They go get Urban Meyer. He's kept us on as the defensive coordinator. He had an insane amount of success at Cincinnati, and now he's back in the Big Ten. And he's going to, I think, be pose a pretty big threat to Ohio State the way he coaches football. And maybe you can hire him whenever Ryan Day leaves the NFL or whatever the case may be. But I think that's a good example that you can point to and say, don't hire the guy initially. Let him work as an SEC guy for a bit. Then maybe come get him in a few years down the line. Same with Barry Lunny. I don't think Barry Lunny would have been a great fit initially when they hired Pittman a couple years ago. But I think he could earn his stripes and eventually come back here and be a pretty good coach. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, the best podcast in the natty state. Just search Hit That Line wherever you listen to podcasts. Brought to you by Breeden RV Center. 
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.